Kathleen suggested this six-week study on prayer. This has really been helpful to me. I hope it's been helpful to you. Um, I think a good question we want to start off with, remember last week at the end of the uh, class, we were starting to talk about some components of prayer, of our prayer life. And I said, let me share with you some components, not meaning that you have to have all of these every time you sit down to pray in their entirety or you don't have to include them all. But in the course of a week or in the course of three or four days, I think it's important to include these. And mainly, I guess I want to share them with you because I think they're sometimes the elements that people just don't do real well with. They don't um, add some of these parts real well. And so I wanted to make sure that I put them on your note-taking guides. By the way, as you this morning, feel free to get up and go get more food and more drink. So don't don't hesitate to do that during class, okay? Last week, we started out by saying, uh, for practical steps for a meaningful prayer life, the first one was, be still. Be still. I talked about the fact last week that um, in the original language, one author said that that word could be translated to um, um, vacate. I just lost the word. Vacate. V-A-C-A-T-E. To just leave it all. And step into kind of another dimension. I think that's what prayer does for us sometimes. I get to leave this crazy, busy, hectic world. I get to vacate all of that and step into this dimension and say, God, I need you. God, would you touch me? God, would you work? And then this last week, my question for you, my assignment for you was, would you go home and in your prayer life, would you work on the being still part? I gave you some scriptures for you to look at and some uh, Uh, sentences for you to look at. So my question around your table is this. Two of them, okay? Number one, how did you do in prayer, in more concentrated prayer, not in just flash prayers all day? How did you do in concentrated prayer? And how did you do with being still? How did you do with concentrated prayer? And how did you do with being still? Let's see how you did. A little bit of accountability time here while we get our tables worked on. Go. Um, just by showing me your hands, tell me how many of you um, this last week felt like you did, you were pretty pleased with your attention to prayer. Be real honest. How many say, I just felt like I really gave it a good shot this last week. How many say I did lousy? Um, how many say I made some strides? Okay, great. Did any of you sit and say, I really tried to incorporate this being still? Let me see your hands. If you said, I, I did do a little bit better with the being still. So good. More than half of you made some progress. How many say, I didn't do one single solitary lick of being still? <laughs> we don't have any honest people in this whole right in this whole room. <laughs> Lori, we got one. Thank you, Lori. <clears throat> um. It is probably the hardest part of prayer, I think, of figuring out how to get still before him. I think one of the thing, one of the components of prayer that can really help us and that can be just a um, kind of helping us even getting into the being still part is praise and worship. How many of you say, I do pretty well when it comes to praise and worship, when it comes to prayer? Not Sunday morning or Saturday night. I do pretty well praise and worship. How many say, I don't, do, I don't incorporate that very well? Yeah, I, I, I don't think I spend nearly enough time in this. 
There is something about praise and worship that can really get us in the mood, get us in the um, in kind of the sensing God's presence. Let's just because I want us to be in the Word. Let's take a few Psalms and look at them when they talk about praise and worship. I could have given us a couple thousand here, but let's um, oh let's just do a couple that I arbitrarily chose. Psalm twenty-eight seven. Psalm twenty-eight seven. Psalm 28.7. How about if you have the NIV, since that happens to be what I have here today, would you read this verse out? Let's start in verse 6. Let's read it out loud together and read it with some gusto. If you have a different translation, you just kind of listen to it because it might sound a little weird if we're trying to do different translations together. Psalm 28, verse 6. Ready, NIV. Praise be to the Lord. For he has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. My heart leaps for joy and I will give thanks to him in song. Um, A little bit later I'm going to talk to us briefly. Let me just throw it in right now. Uh, Praying scripture. How many of you say in a month's time I, I pray scripture sometime in the month? One, two. How many of you say within a month's time, you sometime pray scriptures? How many of you say it's not a practice? I don't pray scriptures hardly ever. I want to encourage you to begin this week praying scriptures. And you can do it. There's no right or wrong way. You cannot do it wrong. But one of the things I do is just take a scripture like that. You know, when I'm reading that, I go, oh! Yes, that, that's it, Lord. I like that. That's it. Then I'll just take my journal, because I do most of my praying and journaling. And so I'll go, um, sometimes I just write the words. I just write down, praise be to you, Lord, for you have heard my cry for mercy. Lord, you are my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in you, and I'm helped. My heart leaps for joy, and I will give thanks to you in song. So I just take the scripture and just pray it as if I'm talking to him. And I always know that I'm praying, you know, like sometimes I pray my words and I go, I don't know, you know, did I pray it right or not? Not that you can pray a bad prayer, but I pray scripture. I go, oh, I'm praying the word back to him. Man, this is, this is great. So just take the scriptures and just pray it as if you're talking back to him. Your table is all over here, Erica. So you might want to just join them and you can combine if you want to. <laughs> um, or you can come over here if you want to. Um, I know that bridge was terrible today, wasn't it? And then that Yeah. It was just like, yeah. Right. Um, so, take the scriptures and just pray them back to him. Let's look at Psalm 9, verses 1 to 2. Psalm 9, verses 1 to 2. This would be an example of a scripture that I would take and pray back to him uh, a lot. Because it, it's so is representative of when I'm trying to get concentrated on the Lord, when I'm trying to get kind of in that uh, more of a, a, I hate to use the word mood because that's such a, 
cruddy word. But it really does help me to get kind of in that where I'm ready to pray better. Psalm 9. I will praise you. Oh, if you have the NIV, read it with me. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Now let me go back again to if I'm praying scripture. Remember I said one way is just to take the word and just pray the exact words back to him like you're in conversation. Sometimes you can take the word and you can just then expand on it. So maybe I'm journaling, I'm writing my prayers out to him and I go, "Uh, Lord, I'm going to pray Psalm 9 to you. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. So maybe I'll write that or not. Then Then I start talking to him. Lord, today I don't feel like I'm starting off really wanting to praise you with all my heart. I'm feeling kind of distant from you, or I've got so many things on my mind that I don't really feel like I'm praising with all my heart. But Lord, I want to. So I just talk to him a little bit about it. And then um, I will tell of all your wonders. Then maybe I'd say, um, Lord, I don't think enough about your wonders and how wonderful you are. Lord, right now I want to thank you that you touched so-and-so last week when she was at her lowest point. Or I want to thank you for your protection in that specific moment. Or Lord, the the wonders of redemption. I want to praise you for redemption. Lord, I want to thank you for the wonders of how you spoke to people during the 10-day fast. Just, Just talking to him. Like I'm talking to you, talking to my Savior. Um, I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Maybe I'd say, Lord, now I'm just beginning to, to concentrate on you and to focus on you. And I really do say that to you right now, Lord. I sing praise to your name. And then often what I'll do when I come to something like that is I'll think of a song that I'm not, I'm not good at music. I'm, I, that's not my um, way to worship. If you're really, if music really touches you, and probably 90% of you it touches more than it does me. That's a good thing to be, what you have. Uh, I would, but I do this even with my own, own 10%. I begin praising him with some music. Maybe I'll, uh, this last week I did a lot of old hymns that I grew up on. And I would just begin praising him and saying, um, praying for revival for our church. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us, O Lord. Fill our hearts with your love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. And I'm just writing all of this out. And after I get through a little while of praying scriptures like this, I'm connected to him. I sense that connection much more. And it's easier than to go on into other parts of prayer. So taking scriptures and praying them to him and with him, I think, really helps us to praise. Now, one of the other reasons this is so important, guys, is do you remember the first lesson I taught six weeks ago on this? That I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt, praying is for... Do you remember the word I used? It starts with an R. Praying is all about relationship. Praying is all about relationship. Say that with me. Praying is all about relationship. What's praying all about? It's all about developing a relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's all about knowing Him, loving Him, serving Him, um, walking with Him. And so for, for me, and I really believe if people do this, for a lot of people, when you praise and worship Him, you just develop that um, greater sense of relationship with Him. Now, one of the things that keeps us from doing this is we feel like we're wasting our time. 
One of the things that keeps us from being still is we feel like we're wasting our time. Because if you have 15 minutes to pray, you want to sit down, you want to either get on your knees or you want to get your journal out and you want to get it done. I want to pray. i got to get 15 minutes worth of prayer done. And so you jump in there praying for people. Telling people, God, all the needs of people all around you. And you get done at the end, you go, okay, check that off. Praying is all about relationship. And so as you spend time being still before Him and praising Him, worshiping Him, using the Word, praying it back to Him, then you begin saying, I really love you, Lord. Much of our prayer time should be spending time adoring our Savior. In fact, if you'd write that beside praise and worship, much of our prayer time should be about adoring our Savior. Telling Him how much you love Him. Loving on Him. Now, a couple of questions around your table to keep you kind of uh, real invested here. Number one, how do you do with worship and praise? Uh, number two, do how do you how do you feel like using worship and praise and the scriptures could help you? And what will be some of the obstacles of you doing worship and praise and praying the scriptures like that? A lot of questions because I want you to kind of talk about everything I mentioned to you in the last seven or eight minutes. Okay, so talk about any of that element. The praying scriptures, praising and worshiping, and then especially answer this question. In a week's time, how do how well do you do with just telling them how much you love them? It's just some more accountability time. Go ahead, Michelle. Okay, let's 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 jump back in here because I want to have some time to get the other girls up here. How about um, this idea of confession and repentance? This idea of confession and repentance. If people don't spend much time being still, if people don't spend much time in worship and praise, if people don't spend much time journaling, if people don't spend much time... um, um, What was the other one? Uh, uh, Oh, praying scripture. They really don't spend much time in confession and repentance. In fact, I want you to think for just a minute. In the last two weeks, don't answer it out loud yet. In the last two weeks, how much time did you spend before your Savior asking Him to reveal anything in you that is displeasing or sinful or carnal or selfish? Asking Him to reveal it. And then telling him how sorry you are over it and asking him to forgive you. I want you to think, how much time did you spend doing that in the last couple of weeks? Real fast around your table. You don't have to answer that part if you don't want. But real fast around your table in just like one minute. Why do you think we don't spend much time doing that very thing? Confessing our sins and repenting over them in our prayer time. Just real fast around your tables. Why don't we spend more time doing that? And, oh, and if you've been talking a lot, hold back and don't, don't talk. One of the reasons that you say we have a hard time in confession and repentance is um, that I often feel powerless to change. And so I say, I don't want to even bring this up because I already feel so powerless and I forget how strong he is. Um, at the Alpha retreat on Saturday, 
Um, I shared this analogy that uh, I think is just so important because I'm so big on word pictures. If I had this gigantic chair here and I loaded it with a lot of my books and Bibles and then I brought um, little Leo over, our little one-year-old, and I said, Leo, move this chair a couple of inches. Not even that he would understand me. So let's say he's two years old. Let's fast forward a year. Say he's two years old, and I say, you know, he says he wants to help me, and I say, Leo, move this chair. There's no way in the world Leo could move that chair a couple, even a couple of inches. That's how most of us live our lives. We say, the chair needs to be moved. I'm powerless to move it. What we forget is that when God says there's sin in your life that needs to be confessed, repented, and cleansed, he's saying, I'm here to help you move the chair. Together, we'll move this chair. Now, we either err on the side, we say, oh, i got to move it by myself, or we say, okay, Holy Spirit, move the chair. Neither one of those works, does it? We, with the Holy Spirit, move the chair in partnership. And so when there's a chair that I feel like it's just insurmountable, the sin is too gripping, the chains are too tight, there's no way that I can, I feel powerless, I can say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to work with you, I'm surrendering, cleanse me, empower me to live holy for you. And that just helps me to be able to understand that it's not me moving the chair, and it's not the Spirit moving the chair by himself. It must be the two of us together moving this chair. Lori. I put on your note that you guys there in the confession of repentance. It's very important that we be very honest with God during this part. Very honest with God during this part. Take the masks off. Don't try to hide any part of you. C.S. Lewis said it so well. The prayer preceding all prayers is, may I be the real, may it be the real I who speaks. May it be the real thou that I speak to. May it be really, really this, the depths of who I am. And may it really be the God, the accurate God of the word that I'm speaking to. I wrote down some quotes and scriptures that you might want to take to your uh, prayer time and use. That first one just is that confession requires that we're real honest. The second one says by Philip Yancey, Prayer invites me to lower my defenses and present the self that no other person fully knows to a God who already knows. C.S. Lewis said, We must lay before him what is in us, not what ought to be in us. Honesty. I hope, I pray that you have come to that kind of depth of relationship with your Savior, where you can be that honest with Him, not presenting what you say ought to be in you, but what really is in you. That's relationship. Philip Yancey says we must trust God with what God already knows. And more than anything else, God's, God wants your authentic self. I forget who said that. Philip Yancey says, confessing my sins before God communicates something God already knows. Yet somehow, the act of confession binds the relationship and allows a closeness that could not otherwise exist. I make myself vulnerable and dependent, bringing God and me together. 
That's a quote worth memorizing or putting up on your fridge or putting it in your Bible. That's really, really good. That the very act of confession draws me closer to my Savior. Don't let the devil do a number on you and lie to you to say, if you're really honest, that that will cause the the separation. It's the dishonesty that causes the separation. I'd encourage you to read Psalm 51. Anytime you're struggling with uh, being honest before the Lord, would you just turn there for a couple of minutes? Psalm 51. You know that this was the stuff that David wrote after Nathan had confronted him about Bathsheba. And the depth of his repentance here is just precious. As he cries out to God. And I don't think he did this fast. I don't think he went, have mercy on God. Uh, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. I don't think he was praying that way. I think he had been flat on his face in, in overwhelming contrition. As these words were coming to his mind. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you're proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I'll be clean. Wash me and I'll be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness again. Let the bones that you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy that I used to have, the joy of your salvation. Grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And when all that happens, then I will teach others, transgressors, your ways. And sinners will turn back to you. And it goes on and on. I am completely convinced that if we would spend more time in confession and repentance, our prayer lives would blossom. Our relationship with our Savior would go deeper than it's ever gone before. And our effectiveness with others would be amazing. Because the more I'm open before Him, the more He convicts. And the more I surrender... And the more I recognize the power of the Holy Spirit to help me move the chair. Confession and repentance. Around your table, take just about two minutes. And everybody around your table, so you only have a couple, just a little bit of time. Don't go into lengthy discussion. Around your table, hmm, how can I ask it? Um, Will you do it? Will you spend more time in confession and repentance? I don't know how to ask it differently. 
do you, as, as I've mentioned it, is there a sense in you of, I've got to do it more? Just talk about it maybe about 20 seconds each. What are you thinking when it comes to repentance and confession? Or 50 about journaling. Um, I met with some people last or a couple of weeks ago and uh, doing some like discipling stuff and um, asked them, Do you journal? Ever journal? They wanted to grow in their, uh, in their walk with the Lord. And I said, Do you journal? And, and they said, No, not much at all. And they said, When we do journal, and they described what they did when they journal. And I realized I have taught about journaling and talked about journaling for 25, 30 years. And I realized that I didn't realize what somebody else was thinking when they were talking about journaling. Because one of the girls said, yeah, I take my you know, my uh, journal and I'll write in it, today I uh, yell at my kids. Uh, today I had a great day with my husband. Today I, you know, and she was journaling her activities of the day. She said, I don't go very often, but I do. And then she said, I get to the bottom and I look at it and say, how did I do? That's great. That's fine. That's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's just not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about journaling. When I'm talking about journaling, I'm talking about taking a prayer journal, just a, anything you get at Walgreens, and talking to Jesus on paper. Now, I get accused a lot around here of people saying, you make it sound like if you don't journal, you're not, you know, a holy person. And they say, um, just because journaling's easy for you and good for you, um, you expect us to do it and it's not good for me, it's, I don't like it, da 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 Let me vindicate myself for a moment to say, I don't care if you ever journal in your whole life, ever, if prayer's good for you and easy for you and you have a thriving prayer life, then throw out my next couple minutes. Don't, don't even listen. You can go to the bathroom. You can go get more food. You can go get coffee. All I care about is for the thousands of people I talk with in a lifetime who say, my prayer life stinks. How do I get better at praying? And I say, well, do you want to really learn how to get better at praying? They say, I fall asleep. Do you want to stop falling asleep? They say, I'm unfocused and I'm undisciplined. Do you want to get better? Then I say, okay, let me offer you one um, possibility. Now, if you don't need any of that, don't listen to me. But if you struggle with concentration, which I do, if you struggle with focusing, which I do, if you struggle if you fall asleep, which I do, if you struggle because you can go for days without praying much, which I would do, then try journaling. Because when you're writing out your prayers, you don't fall asleep. You stay awake. And if you happen to fall asleep, you really, really notice it because you know walked over. And if you're like I am, you think I talk fast, I think even faster. And so if I'm just sitting here and I'm gonna have some prayer time, pretty soon I'm thinking are those all the schools that are represented here? What are they gonna paint this room? What is that painted in? Saturday morning basketball game. I mean, I, my mind just goes, it's like a pinball. I need something to help me focus. And journaling my prayer, praying does all those things for me. 
Now, some of you would say, but I'm not, I'm just not good at it. Correct. <laughs> How much do you do it? Lauren? It's with these girls last week. Lori says, um, can you use the computer to, to, to journal your prayers? I was with these girls last week uh, talking about this spiritual discipline of journaling. And um, they, one of the girls said, I am a, you know, I, I'm so bad at this, but I'm good at typing. I probably went through three years of typing my prayers on the computer. Uh, there's nothing, you know, if that works well for you, if that helps you focus, zone in, sure, I, I don't care. Now, I did ask her just to consider doing a couple of days of actually writing it out, and she did that a couple of days, and she said that was really, after a few days, really helped her a little bit more than the, in fact, she said the first time, I will never, ever write my prayers out, ever, like that. I will use a computer, but I will never use a pen and a pencil. And I said, you know, just ask a couple of days, just try it. She did, and she said, oh, I can see why this could help. Now, Jesus didn't journal. So this is not anything that is, uh, you know, that, that you're going to get to heaven and, and Jesus is going to say, why didn't you journal? <laughs> this, in Africa, they can't journal. You know why? They don't have paper. This is not a holy, um, what I'm trying to say. This is not like going to make you, oh, I don't know how to, how to phrase it. In itself, this means nothing. I'm just saying, it could help you. You already know, I, I started journaling in 1978, long before some of you were ever even thought of. And have, so, obviously I would say journaling is a great tool because I have learned to do it for 30 some years. Still to this day sometimes, probably every day, it's hard for me to get started. That's why I incorporate these things. Sometimes I'll just you know, take my prayer journal and start praising him. I'll start taking scriptures and I'll just start taking some of the psalms and writing them out to him. I'll often start just really honestly before him. Lord, this is where I'm feeling, how I'm feeling about this. Um, I do my confession and repentance even on this um, for most of it. Um, and I do my intercession um, in writing it. For me, it really helps me to concentrate. And it helps me to not get that zigzag kind of thinking. And it helps me not to fall asleep. I try, I'm trying to do real, I'm trying to get better at not journaling. I'm trying to get better at just getting on my knees and just focusing and, and trying to discipline my mind that way. So, because I just want to get to be a better prayer. I don't care how you do it. But I'm saying for most people, because they have such a hard time focusing and disciplining and staying awake, this could help. Now, if you only do this once a month, it probably won't help you much. In teaching this for 25 or 30 years, I really found that to be true, that most people who just do it sporadically, you don't develop the something that allows you to really get much benefit out of it. Um, I would suggest you really, if you're going to do an experiment with it, try it for uh, three days a week at least, for a month. And at the end of that, say, okay, Lord, has this helped my prayer life? If it's if I see a measure that it's helping me, then I'm going to get better at it. If it's you know, not doing anything for me, then again, it's not, it's not holiness. It's just a tool. But it is definitely a tool that can help. John struggled with journaling for years and years and years and years. 
and he has really worked hard at becoming more a prayer a journal prayer and he believes the same thing it's just really helped him to focus more now if you're worried about what you put in there tear it up and throw it away when you're done if you would like to look back you know I, do, I don't do well with looking back on my journal um, i could start looking back. I'm going to sometime when I retire. I'm going to take all my journals and maybe write a book out of those or something. But um, I don't do that. I'm not good at that. The extraordinary goes, eh, no, I don't have time to do that. i got to go pray. Um, so, but a lot of people, it would really help them to look back and, and see their journey. See where God's answered. See where you're still struggling. Maybe those are the places you say, boy, I need to get better, Lord, because I've been struggling on that for ten years or something. Um, I encourage you to try journaling and to incorporate praying scriptures. You want to do anything that can make your prayer life blossom and that can help you in those dry times. This is another reason I journal. When I'm going through a dry time spiritually, when I just try to close my eyes and pray, or even walk, I'm not a, I walk a lot. I'm not a good walker prayer. Because I'm pretty soon writing a sermon, or I'm pretty soon thinking about lessons. And um, what I, say, I started that for a reason. Um, what I say? Uh, another. Oh, in my dry spells, it helps me. Even if I'm dry and I don't have any feelings whatsoever, I can still write just out of sheer discipline. And I just pour my heart out to him. I write it to him like I'm talking to you. And you've heard my um, journals tons of times. Um, I was reading one of the, oh, I was reading one of the Psalms, uh, Psalm 119. I was just journaling it to him. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Lord, I've seen all of this to be true from your wonderful word. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever, going on and on. By uh, how I've found all of these to be true, your word, oh, your word, how wonderful, how pure, how rich, how precious, how sure, how rewarding. Words can't express how grateful I am, Lord, for that. I've had the privilege of living according to your word all my life. Never had a day when I did and long to live according to your word, according to your life-giving word. What a privilege, what a joy. I can't thank you enough. And then just taking the scriptures and praying over and just talking to him about his word. Girls, would you four come up, three come up here and let's uh, see if anybody has any questions. If nobody has any questions about prayer, then we are going to stop a couple minutes early and pray. I can't tell you how grateful I am for Rachel and Marky and Megan for... Um, Go. for helping teach us this year. Um, I'm really, really, really grateful for you guys and love being able to know that you love the Word and you love the Lord and you love these people and you love the church and you just want to be used by God too. So thank you for the hours and hours that you put into lessons. Nobody has any idea how long it takes to write these, and so so grateful for you. Um, do you have any question about any of the lessons that we've taught on prayer, or any um, questions that you just want to ask about prayer? Give me a second to think about it. Jill. I missed last week, and I don't know if this was covered at all in the series. I, I looking back, I can't find it. Great question. I wish that we'd covered that sometime. She said their small group that began talking last week. When you pray, who do you pray to? Do you pray to God? 
Do you pray to Jesus? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? Do you um, pray to Jesus and let him take it to the Father? How do you, what do you do? Um, let's have let's start down there, and we'll just let each of you give your thoughts on it, and then I'll close with that part. <laughs> no, I just pray to whoever. I mean, I pray to all of them. I, I don't specify one or the other. I just, you know, whatever comes out. Sometimes it just feels, you know, Jesus, I just, you know, the closeness, my friend, my buddy, you know, yeah. or that way, the Holy Spirit, give me guidance. I need you, or God. Oh, yeah. So it just depends. Yeah, yeah. Rachel, any? Yep. And for me, it's because um, it's a trinity, so they all work um, purposely together. But I, I know uh, what helps me is, um, especially like when I'm teaching or when I'm uh, someone comes up to me and asks, um, you know, um, for lending um, wise word or whatnot. I first and foremost go to the Lord and the fact that I, I just asked, hey, Holy Spirit, just work through me. <laughs> you know, just work through me. I'm just a vessel. I think I mentioned that in Heartstrings too. And I, I, I just, in a, the Trinity aspect, you know, yeah. it's just the Trinity. Excellent. I was going to say that I thought about this for a while years ago and it bothered me too. And I figured all the disciples, they just called him Lord. And so that felt like generic and like covered everybody. So I say Lord a lot. <laughs> or Holy Spirit a lot yeah. more recently. But Lord feels safe. <laughs> I probably say Lord more than anything else. And I think it's the same way. It's almost a subconscious. I think when I say Lord, I'm just talking to all of you. All of you. Um, I think some of you, like Margie said, the friend thing, we just kind of had that sense that Jesus is our friend. I don't know why, but that's just the, well, I guess because he said, you know, I'm your friend. But um, we kind of, when we're in that buddy mode or when we just want to express our love, we tend to say Jesus and there's, that's fine. I am doing a lot of just talking to the Holy Spirit because I want him to become so real. I mean, he is real. I want him to, I want to be so aware of him that I think of him every second of the day. And so I'm praying a lot to the Holy Spirit. I do less with talking to God the Father. And I don't know if that's a background thing of my dad, you know, being a bad dad or not. But I I just think it's interesting. Yep, There's, I think with the Father, which I'm, because I lost my father, I would say, I'm your daughter. God, I'm your daughter. And just, you know, fill that void. And I think I've shared yeah. that too. It's just that I, I tend to pray to God a lot because I need that. that Great. But everybody said, he is the Trinity, and so it doesn't matter to whom you speak. Uh, we're speaking, when we speak to one, we're speaking to all. That's a great question, and I'm so glad it came up, because we should have covered that one. Do you have another question, or concern, or worry, or anxiety? Rita. This is a hard one. Just want to repeat that here. Rita says, as a person who has a burden for prayer, and especially intercessory prayer, why are prayer meetings so sporadic, so dead, so... Well, uh, poorly attended uh, when the need is so great. Anybody want to answer that?
Would you stand up and hold hands with some people around your table? Just kind of combine any way you can. Try to connect so that even the tables are connected to each other. You don't have to make one big circle, but just somehow connect so that we're all connected in some way. Yeah, that's good. But when I look out at these women, and I'm so grateful to be able to be a part of their lives, so grateful for their impact in my life, for their influence in our church and our communities. I just want to pray especially today as we say goodbye to one another in this kind of this uh, official heartbreak capacity. I want to pray your blessing on each one of these people this summer. Lord, I'm really, I'm just crying out to you that you would help each one of us this summer not to let this be a summer of um, kind of grown stale. That you would help us to let this be a summer of great growth. I know step has changed and it's hard to be consistent with things, but Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit, your real Bible, living Holy Spirit, will call each one of us day by day to spending time with you, to developing this prayer life, being deep in your word, to letting your Holy Spirit overflow our lives so that he just reaches every person, all of our kids, our grandkids, our co-workers, our neighbors, our husbands, our roommates, everything, that you overflow our lives this summer. We pray especially when it comes to prayer that you'd help us to go deeper, to go deeper, to go deeper. That by the time September comes again, we'll all be saying, Wow, I developed a greater relationship with my Savior. Help us to catch ourselves before we start going kind of in a in a funk. Instead to just sense, wow, God, I'm 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 helping you move that chair. We're working in partnership together. So overwhelm us with your presence this summer, with your love, with your call on our lives with your faithfulness so that we'll be more faithful and let your blessing rest. I pray in your holy precious Guys, I want to uh, ask you if you came in late to make sure you take one of these pink cards and if you're coming back to Park Springs, fill it out and on the back tell me if you want to stay at the same table or if you want different, uh, and if no different people. Have a wonderful summer, and make sure you take home all your food. Uh, it starts the second Wednesday of September, so not Labor Day weekend, but the next. Thank you, thank you, and thank you, Joel, for helping to teach you. Oh, make sure you tell us if you need child care. We have to know if you need child care next fall.
Our God is stronger. Our God is stronger. Our God is stronger.